Do you feel a bit? Hi, boys. Play the music. G'day and welcome once again to Stacks Podcast. It's been a long time since we appeared. On a YouTube channel, but uh, look, Stacks 36, I thought it was about time, and I couldn't get a better looking rooster than the man I have sitting beside me, Mr. Travis Brenand. How are you, brother? I'm very, very good, Jai. I'm, uh, I would have shaved. I would have shaved had I known that I was going to be uh, videoed today, but I guess I'm just going to have to look a little bit shaggy. I'm... I'm- well, mate, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm always shaggy. I, I, I don't like shaving. There's something about it. I just never like. I'll tell you what, and it's this bit. That bit. What? That bit's that bit's never been shaved since I did it once when I was about 19 years old, and I spent a week. Oh, you probably can't see it on camera, but I was I was doing those ones. Oh, my, I'm getting the, I the, stop the, the doing tactile it. feel on the lip. I couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't stop doing it, so I said to myself, I've never sh- so I've never actually I've trimmed it. Yeah. But I've had to leave that part soft and the rest of me is like a bloody wire wire brush. But this is soft as a baby's Ooh, be- soft as a baby's beard. Soft as a baby's beard. That yeah. would be one masculine baby, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> Testosterone coming out so, the fucking <laughs> wazook on that one. What's going on with that baby? T R T bro. <laughs> What's been happening? You're uh, you're uh, hanging around up our way. Decided to drop on into uh, yeah, man. I call it the dojo after we done a little film yesterday. A bit of martial arts in here. And, uh, yeah, we're doing self defense with musical weapons. Self defense with musical weapons. Yeah, yeah. What's the go to weapon? I, I would imagine um, uh, you could if you tied a couple of ukuleles together, they'd be a pretty mean nunchucks. It would. Yeah, yeah. Uke chucks. Uke chucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of uke chucks coming at you. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. But um. What have I been doing? Um, I've been doing, I guess, collectively, a whole lot of something and a whole lot of nothing. Um, a lot of the work I'm finding myself engaged in these days is a lot of um, internal work in terms of um, things to do with, um, I guess, my inner... Uh, I hate using the term spiritual work, but it is that, because... And the reason I hate the term spiritual is because people these days think spiritual to be this very airy fairy bullshit kind of um, like oh use this and like it's all like it's all it's all love and light and compassion, whereas no your real fucking work really comes down to when you go deeply inside and start uprooting all of the traumas and all of the shit that you've been going through and really dealing with that because I find that most people these days just don't know how to connect deeply and be present with themselves hence why we're in a society where you know there is so much drug use there is so much alcohol use because we need escapism you don't fuck about you got straight to it didn't you Real oh quick. mate yeah sorry it went <laughs> de- right. it went deep down the hole de- but in saying that too uh <laughs> i think we just had a mental health week and and look mental health is something that it's on everyone's radar these days remember years ago people blokes just didn't talk about it you don't talk about it and if you had mental health problems, you belong somewhere. It wasn't the fact that you had, you know, an issue or something or you're struggling with something. It was it was all mental health. Now, the reason I say mental health, because I'm getting back to the inner stuff that you're saying, 
I find people that do find within themselves an inner peace and tranquility or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we can sit there and say it's like airy-fairy bullshit, but it's what brings a lot of people happiness. And how can you ever complain or argue or say anything about that, you know? I guess, yeah, it brings people happiness. As long as it's the happiness isn't a um, distraction, I feel that, like... And, and not to say that it's, like, I, I've, okay, at the end of the day, I think everything needs to be done with a state of joy. Whatever you do in life, do it in a way that's loving and caring, and I think that's inevitably going to approach it holistically. And I would never tell someone to not drink or not do drugs, um, but I'd say to be first and foremost, like, just, just honest with yourself and your intentions behind why you're doing it. Are you doing this thing because... Uh, you're afraid and you can't cope and you're trying to escape something or are you doing this because genuinely, internally, this is bringing you joy? Would you say that, I mean, I've known you, I wouldn't say super well, but I, I, we've said day and we've, we've crossed paths. Yeah. What most people know, this is a, a, a music podcast per se. We do talk about a bit of our music, but I mean, it's the fact that we are musicians and we are mm. in this sort of isolated scene in Perth that, that brings us together on the podcast. And we've said good day, and you know, had a, had a yarn over the years, and you know, shared a couple of the stage a few times and all that kind of stuff. And you've always come across as somebody who is seems like very happy. You're very flamboyant. You're, you're very oh, sort of exceptionally camp, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know like, you've always been that sort of guy that uh, that the, I've always said. I, I think you. Well, I used to watch you in, in your, you know your uh, previous band, uh, and I, I loved I, I love watching you. You know, I mean, without without you, I suppose that I mean the band would be fine. But you just added. You you got to be a showman, and you've always come across like that. So I would I be right to assume that you you're always happy and you know, to be like that? Um, look, there's, I guess, when it comes to, where I say, when I'm on stage, I feel like as a front man in a band, I'm an emotional conductor. And because of the law of transference that occurs between um, human beings, if I sit here and be a sad cunt and go, oh, my life's, my life's really shit and I'm depressed, eventually you're going to be like, fuck, I'm going to get away from this guy. He's dragging me down. Or I can be like, man, life's fucking cool. I'm really enjoying myself. And if that's authentic and truthful, that's going to actually transfer across and then you're going to feel that too. And that's why, as a front man in a band, it's important to be that kind of emotional um, conductor, I feel, of the room. But in terms of, in my life, am I always happy? Um, I would say the more I'm doing my inner work, the more I'm always in a state of peace and joy. And I'm finding it's the small things in life that bring me such joy. Like, I, I mentioned it was my birthday yesterday... And I was at Lucy's Love Shack seeing a couple of um seeing a band seeing a couple of bands. But I was also there with my friend Lucy and at the very end of the night, um, there was her and I and we were dancing on the dance floor and there was just something magical. It was just something so subtle, but there was this energy that was flowing between us and she'd even run up and jump and like wrap her legs around my hip and like fall back and there was this trust and this just this freedom that was kind of moving between us that I think only comes about when you've really gone inside and you've started going, oh, why Why am I feeling this way? Why am I anxious? Like, 
um, for instance, I, with the work that I do, which I think is a lot to do with emotional releasing, connecting with um, and healing with past traumas internally that I've either consciously or unconsciously taken on, um, I've allowed myself to be and to, to feel constantly more natural and to be able to respond appropriately to every situation. But that doesn't mean that, yeah, I'm, I'm happy all the time, I guess. Yeah. A very wrong, long way around. I, I will have... I have I have times where I remember we, in doing this emotional release work, because I've been doing it for about um, just over a year now, I remember one time when I was at my prior job, um, I'd connected with some anger inside me. Now when you're kind of doing this emotional release work, the idea is to not let your mind start attaching itself to things. Because if I'm angry right now, if, I'm, if, I, if I've got the emotion of anger, I can just... You could say something that, and I'll be like, a fucking jai, or I could... Um, like, there could be a sound like, and something will piss me off. Because my mind wants to justify the anger. My mind needs to justify the anger instead of sitting, being present with the anger. Now, when I did this at my job, I remember for like, I was sitting behind this computer in my office at my prior job. And for six hours, I felt this burning, intense anger that was just sitting in me, but it was almost beautiful. It's so weird to say, like, because I wasn't allowing my mind to attach itself to anything. I was there present with it, holding it, caring and being compassionate towards it and eventually alleviated and the lightness that comes after that is beautiful and that's why I continue to do this work that I do personally myself and I've started doing it for others as well so what's it I mean in a, in a nutshell is it self-analysis and then from the analysis is it then self uh, uh, like you're administering you know what you need to, to get a result. So the self-awareness is, is impeccable if that's the case. I mean, it's... It's, it's self-awareness, a, a self-awareness, but it's also presence. And it's building a, um, a conversation, a dialogue between you and your body. Yep. Because the mind is constantly running all, like around trying to like fix everything or control everything. Um, and I kind of look at it the relationship between like mind and body as um, uh, almost like you could look at it. Sometimes I use this analogy as like with with a friend or but or, or like or a brother or a sister who comes with you everywhere. But the thing is, this brother and sister, or if this brother, let's say, if it's the body, it doesn't want to do a lot of things. Like you're like. Oh, I want to go out and get drunk tonight, and the and the body's like, no, no, I don't want this. And you're like, shut up! Like, if I don't want to like miss out because all my friends are doing this, like, come on, we're doing it, and it just like kind of sits, and it goes, no, 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 and it's the same with drugs. And one of the things I'm still trying to give up at the moment is smoking. I haven't yet, I haven't yet gotten that out of my life, John. It's still my one little. So you've crux. got, you, like, it sounds like you really got a handle on some shit. Like you, you're starting to. Yeah, look, I've I'm an older bloke now. I'm sort of as I said I'm I'm swinging towards fifty, and I know when I was twenty, I thought I knew a lot. When I was thirty, I thought I realised that I didn't knew nothing at twenty. Mm. When I hit forty, I realised that wow, I can only honestly now start to pretend I I know myself at forty, and then as I glide towards fifty, I'm, I'm 
I start looking at the other side and I think, well, I've only got X amount of time left. How can I utilize this better knowing what I know now? So you go through these transitions and, mm. and I guess I call them awakenings. And some people, and every, especially in men, men go through it and they, they tend to have these awakenings. And I had a, had a good friend, Tony, that had a very spiritual awakening and went in and, and discovered Reiki and went spent some time in Tibet and, and a few other countries and that and really got right into Buddhism and um, like everything that becomes shamanistic and, and all that kind of stuff. Went a little bit, of, got, he got drunk on it. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying, like that's it, that's possible. The, and people do do it. They do do it. They, uh, I think the vegan guys never got over. <laughs> I've turned vegan. I think he's got to pull it back a bit. But, mm. um, but he he did for a while, and he got to the point where I was saying, "Tony, like, just pull back, mate." You know, um, but it sounds to me like that you're really you've got the awareness. You, you can step outside yourself, which is great. Well, so smoking, yeah. What is it that boils then to me down to the pure addictive qualities of what it is? It is, and there's also an almost I because because I'm, I'm a full blown wanker. I smoke vanilla cigarellos, these little tiny things, but they're very meditative. Oh and, they're, and, they're, and they're, <laughs> if they're, you smoke them, you should surely be sort of entering every sentence with. I smoke full-blown cigarellos. Yeah, I'm, I'm see, a full, full blown, I smoke full-blown cigarellos. I smoke those delightful <laughs> vanilla cigarellos. Man, it's a treat. But, um, but like in terms of like, that relationship between body and mind, if I sit there presently in myself while I smoke this, every part of my body is freaking out. My heart rate increases. Um, my I feel in my throat and lungs that my, my throat and lungs aren't enjoying it. The circulation in my hands and feet tends to retract and go back into the body. Um, my body as its own entity doesn't like it, but my compulsive nature and I like to have like, you know, I've, horribly my housemate brought home one of those fucking $800 DeLonghi coffee machines for Christmas. So like having a coffee and a cigar like in the morning, or it's also an excuse to go outside. I can be very much just like in my house where nothing happens unless you interact with it, you know? That's the first time I've ever heard that. I really enjoy smoking because it gives me an excuse to go outside. But it's 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 probably because you associate that with it. Yeah. And if you separated that and then started cutting away associations. It's getting... And the, the clarity is coming in there and that's why even with my... As I was saying before, I was a die-in-the-wool stoner for nine years and um, I have drunk alcohol most of my life, but I guess it was the start of May um, when that fell by the wayside. But it all came through clarity. Like, none of this has been... I, I'm very like adverse to doing things and it sounds so weird but that require a, a huge like exercising of my will yep. like if I've got to be like if I you know like I still go out every weekend I'm still on like the craziest one out with my mates I'm still the one on the dance floor like like doing my flamboyant shit because I th I love it it's me but it, everyone's like oh you're so look at you you like I love the way that's like it's so brave of you that you're not drinking I'm like I'm not sitting here going, oh, fuck, I really like a drink. Like, 
And in the past eight months, there are times when I'm like, huh, do I want to drink right now? And my body, listening to my body, my body's like, I get that, like, that vomity feeling when you've had a big night on the fucking piss, you know? I know that feeling. Oh, we all know that feeling all too well. (laughs) I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed it. Like, that's why I would never tell no one not to do it. I mean, I've... The thing is, did you ever have, like... Okay, let's talk about the drinking for a minute. Yeah. It's something, if, if there's anything with me where I, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I've got my shit together, but the one thing I don't have when it comes to having their shit together is I I don't drink during the week. I don't, I don't drink sometimes for three months straight. But then I'll go out and I'll get shit-faced. Mm. And when I'm shit-faced, <laughs> I always... Always do something I regret the next day, mm. um, because I, I'm a big unit. I put a lot away, and then it's like you're locking it in the vault, and whatever happens from there on, it's like taking a pinger. You don't yeah. know, you don't know how strong it is, but it's down the hatch. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you, you do, it's like ride. where where the fuck is this taking me? Because like with me, I'll I'll drink for two hours straight and throw back heaps, but it isn't until three and a half hours in when sometimes I've stopped drinking, is when the shit's starting to kick in, you know, and it does, and then by then it's, you just got to ride it out, which means do some stupid shit. Yeah. And and I'm bad for that. And I've, all my life, the stories I hear about things I've done and because I can't remember because you're fucked up. And so for me, I guess it's good hearing this because it'll help me sort of like maybe look at, maybe giving it away, you know, and I'm hearing the positives about giving the drinking away and then, for me, it's a, it's kind of because everyone does it socially, and you're part of the team. I guess it's just like mm. smoking anything else. It's, and everyone goes, oh, it's peer pressure. I don't do what any other motherfucker tells me to do. I'm very individual. It's I do it because I want to do it, but I now need to tell myself not to, to want that. You know, so. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. Well, back when I was drinking, I, constantly was getting, myself and friends, uh, kicked out of bars. Not for doing anything stupid, but for passing the fuck out. Because it would get to a point in the night, everyone was like, everyone's like, because I, yeah, that's, well, it's, I, I'd be drinking, everyone's like, I'm a little bit merry, but that was about it. And then like, it would hit and I would just like, boom, blackout. Yep. And so like, I'm just like, just down. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, there was one time at Joe's Juice Joint where it took two of the bouncers and one of the bar guys to pick me up and take me outside. Mind you, this was, a, this was uh, just before I... This, is, I guess, was a couple of months before I gave up drinking. Mind you, as they'd done this, they didn't know that I think in the last half an hour I'd just been giving a, given a massive handful of Dexies to which I'd taken a big mouthful of. I don't know how many fucking Dexies I had. So I'm outside, like, passed out, and then the Dexies kick in, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? Hey, guys, can I come back in? And they're like, you were just fucking passed out, mate. What the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm good now. Like, can we can we keep going? So... That's where you got to come up with something. It's like, dude, I uh, yeah, suffer from a thing called narcolepsy. I said, I said, oh, look, I'm fine. And then they go, yeah, but you passed out. I said, you can't not let me in because I have a medical condition. <laughs> that's uh, that's that. That would be good. And, um, uh, but then a, a smart bouncer would turn around and go, oh, well, uh, you showed us your license coming through the door. Yeah. If you suffer from narcolepsy, mate, you can't have a license. <laughs> no. Well, gotcha. Damn. Gotcha. <laughs> Done there. But um, in, in looking back, on, I guess, my reasons for giving it away. Oh, and, and 
why I don't feel the need for it anymore. Just to interject, was there yeah. one moment that you said, right, that's it? I'm, I'm got to, I've got to kick this thing, you know? It wasn't... No, it's... I'm, I'm the kind of... I, I like clarity. To me, clarity um, means that if I'm crossing the road and I turn my head and I see a bus coming, I don't step out on the road, you know? Um, that that's dumb. Or even I need. I like this confidence versus clarity kind of thing as well because confidence means if you turn out all the lights in this room and you're like, all right, Trav, go over there and get that. I need confidence to kind of get across the room and think that I'm not going to like bump into anything. Whereas clarity is when the lights on, and I know exactly where I'm going. There's it's like cool, and I've burnt myself, I guess, enough with alcohol and, um seeing how I was, th- things became more important to me, I guess, would, would be, it. it wasn't, I don't know if it was a moment of clarity as much as looking back, I see that I wanted to really more than anything else. I wanted to connect with people. Yep. Um, being brutally honest, I wanted to connect with women and I wanted to pick up women and take women home. Um, and has that been the case since? Uh, do you, have you found it? I've found. I mean, a lot of guys do, and we all know that they they you go and drink because it feels like you've you got a bit of Dutch conf- courage. Yeah, you get that yeah, confidence. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. go, hey, young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, no. Since and one of the things before giving up drinking, I realised is I'd never taken a woman to bed for the first time without at least like the two of us being at least a couple of beers in. Yep. And then I was like, well, that's what? Like what? Yeah. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And so, what this required of me is to really, in terms of my own, um, in terms of me as a person, I needed to man the fuck up. If I can't walk over, if I'm so fearful that I like can't walk over to a beautiful woman that I'm attracted to, why? And the questions kept coming up in me is, why can't I do this? What do I need to do? Why am I afraid of this? Like, why is it, is it that I'm not connected to myself? Is it that I have a fear of being invalidated by this woman? What about fear of rejection? Fear of rejection's a big one too. But then now in my life, I realized that this realization came upon me recently that no one can reject me except me. I'm the only one who can really reject me. Um, And that means that Oftentimes, if I walk up to a, if I walk up to a stranger or whatnot, and they might not be into my energy, like and what I'm putting down at that time, that's fine. That doesn't invalidate me though. That no, just means no. that for whatever reason, one or another, our we're running on different frequencies at that time. That's that's fine. That doesn't mean that they're a bad person or that I'm a bad person or that I'm not worthy of love or that they're not worthy of love. Do you ever think that sometimes, I mean, every girl's different and and girls, I think, these days and have done for a long time, have put up defensive mechanisms, especially when, when they meet somebody for the first time. It takes someone, I think, who's super intelligent and very, very aware of themselves as well to be able to open, to pull down those barriers and to just feel comfortable in just having that conversation you know mm. a lot of 
it's very hard to have that conversation with somebody you don't know because they think, right, what does he want? Yeah. Okay. And if the attitude is, well, he just wants to fuck me, then every time you say something, it's going to be interpreted with that prejudice. Ah. This is where congruency and authenticity have become so important to me because um, one of the other parts of doing my work, I guess, is I've really gotten into kind of tantra and those kind of, like, I guess, the the sexual side of the spiritual practices. And congruency and authenticity is is paramount in this because when I walk up to a woman, she... If, especially if I'm attracted to her, if I'm feeling that attraction, I want her to know that I want to take you to bed at some point. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be a gentleman and enjoy the act and art of seduction because seduction in and of itself is a beautiful thing. And people, it's, it's looked at it like, especially in like pickup artistry and stuff, it, it is, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit fake. But the art of seduction I find is a gift. And this is because there's nothing in life. Like, look, at we're sitting in your studio. There's, you know, there's silk. Oh, that's so much better. There's, I'm, I'm using the microphone right. <laughs> there's uh, silk paintings in Japan from the 1400s of exactly that art, the art of seduction and protocol, what men had to go through in order to even approach a woman. And, Chivalry was one of those things back in the early days and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, we don't have that these days because things have obviously changed. Women have a lot more uh, independence and, than what was around in those times, you know, and and I guess the, the way it is now. So, therefore, the approach and all that will be different. Um, I just wonder when it's going to be the case of girls clubbing a guy over the head and dragging him into the cave. But, oh, man. I mean, so we've come a long way, you know, like in, the, in that. And unfortunately, that, that whole... Once again, it's 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 completely mis- misinterpreted as he just wants to fight, you know he just wants the one thing, and those barriers. That, like I mean, I've had it. I'm very genuine when I used to, and I used to be the nice guy too that would never disrespect a girl or do all that kind of stuff. I never really slept around much and did this and that. Like I probably because I couldn't because I looked like a fucking hat full of chisels. But uh, you know, like it was it was always something that I was sort of I try and do the right thing, and but I knew just because I can analyse things as well, that these barriers, everything I said, it was like, I, I could tell that there was, there's been 30 guys tonight spoken to you before I've come up and said day, and you're just, you, you're up to here with the bullshit, you know, and, mm. and what have you got? So it takes away the genuine people like yourself that, I mean, you're an interesting guy. You're, an, you're, not, you're, not, you're not the norm. You're, very, you're a very multi-leveled, deep person and, just talking to you for the 15 minutes here, 20 minutes that we've been chatting, I'm seeing a side of you which I have never yeah. seen before and I'm seeing a really, uh, what I think is a guy going through a whole heap of discoveries, self-discoveries. and mm, Definitely. Um, and, and I think you've reached that age where you start to look at yourself for what you are. And, and yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a hard road as far as being that genuine guy because the world's just not ready for it. It's, you know... The, well... And the, the time you do meet someone, well, then, yeah. yeah, you know, you'll get that. And you do get those girls that are and very switched on and, and understand that. And it's not like... And, the, like, let's put it this way. The more, I guess, congruent and authentic I'm being, the more that 
I'm attracting those, the right women for me. And I'm, at the moment, I guess, because I've always been a monogamous guy. Mind you, up until February last year, I had been seven years without actually being in a relationship or even having sex with a woman. Um, I maybe had some drunk makeouts, but that was it. I went seven years without having sex, and I kind of... That's when... That, if, if you want to talk about a time when... That's amazing, because you're, you're a good-looking rooster. You're a... Should we start getting naked already? <laughs> <laughs> well, you look, you look really good sitting beside this bloke, but... Um, no, but in saying that, you're, you're a handsome, you're an attractive guy, you're, you're well-spoken. Why that... That that surprises me one, hmm. because the amount of time I talk to girls and I talk to girls these days, say, oh, you just try and find a decent bloke out there, and they'll go, they're out there. Trust me, they're out there. But you keep looking at the guy that's out there that looks all fits all ticks all these stereotypical boxes, you know. And, and look, if you look how'd, at things, how'd you go through seven years, you know? Um, seven years of this is why the emotional release stuff has been so important to me because, um, I put myself in a box because every woman I'd ever been in any kind of relationship with had cheated on me. Now, why was that? I'll tell you why. Because I had the subconscious programming because my mother cheated on my father. I think women are more likely to cheat on blokes tenfold. I think, look... Girls, there you go, cop that. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think I'm right. And I think, look... Surely there's a statistic out there. And look, there. Uh, I would say in in certain instances it's it's true, but at the end of the day, I think we as human, uh, we we in in this current form, and I do this is I guess where my spiritual part of me is going to come out. We are creators, and we are creating our reality like through the energy that we're holding, and I've noticed this difference. So the big thing that cracked for me is I took this Dutch girl out on from a Tinder date, and. She was very openly sexual, like, and she was like, yeah, if I like a person, I'll fuck them, like, whatever. And I was like, to me, I was like, whoa, okay, this is, like, this young Dutch girl. That's very, that's very normal. Yeah. For the Europeans. For, well, yeah, for and the European, and Dutch women, yeah. I was like, oh, and to the point where the second time I had, like, this, I had a dinner party and I invited her around, we're chaining the end of the night, and then I kind of go in for the kiss, and she, like, leans back, she's like, oh, look, um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of seeing someone. And I was like, oh, mind you, she was doing the the consummate female thing of not lying to me as much as caring about my feelings and going, oh, no, no, I don't want to reject you. I just want, like, I, I'm seeing someone. And I, like, that's when it all kind of, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? What am I doing that's wrong here? And that's when I was like, and nothing. <laughs> there's something that, no, no, that I was. Nah, well. I was doing something, and if, to put it, in in layman's to put it in in basic terms i was so disconnected from myself from my sexual energy from and as weird as it sounds from my fucking cock energy from trauma and from um so much to do with sexual shame sexual guilt that i was disconnected from that so i was coming from up here like, you can't fuck a woman from your head, which is what all guys who are going out trying to pick up girls and getting rejected are often doing. They're like, oh, yeah, like... And they're not in their body feeling, but they're coming from the head, and it, it, it it's it's a bit dirty. I used to be the same way. It's a little bit desperate, too. It's desperate. It's And 
girls will all normally pick up on that. I had a situation years ago where I had a girl uh, who I met out one night. Um, oh, God, let me get clear on this. It's going back. Everything, everything <laughs> like this is going back 25, 30 years. And I, I think I met her at, Yeah, that's what I did. I met her at the place called the Kent Hotel in Newcastle. Uh, just on a dance floor, just turned around as you know, I'm sure you've been there. As, oh hi, you know, and then yeah. doing the whole groove thing, and then next thing you know, it's like we end up home together somehow, and, and things went on that night. Got up the next day, and I just said sort of like, oh right, so are you with the guy or anything? She said, no, 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 and like that. She said, oh, I said, oh cool, I'm going to go, but look, here's my number. Back in the days when you left your oh, number, here's my number, day. wrote here's it out, and I said, call me again if you'd like to go out again. No problems, we can do it. Didn't want to push an issue. I said, oh, thanks. Cracking night last night. I think you're awesome. We'll catch you soon, you know. Get the phone call. Uh, wanted to do it right this time, you know, like and not go and just get drunk and, and not aiming for that. Just mm. let's go and have dinner. Let's, you know, because like, I thought, yeah, she's an attractive girl. Let's just see where this rolls. And uh, wanted to find out a bit about her and all that kind of stuff. That developed into probably a two-month relationship before we went down that path again. Mm. And uh, so then I got to a point where I was like, man, I really want to, like, let's do this, you know, and she kept sort of steering away from it, like, and I, which I thought was weird because we'd been there in the initial beginning. And then I found out that, yeah, she was actually sleeping with a guy at work and then using me, I'd say, more for emotional comfort. Ah, yes. So you, you, you fell in, you became, the, you became, became the, the, the nice guy. I became the nice guy. So what happened the was... The friend zone guy. Yeah, now the weird thing is, is I used to play rugby league and I was... I used to play rugby and it was a, it's a hard, tough physical game, and we used to go and beat the living shit out of each other. Oh, yeah. So I got on the phone one day to this guy, and I'm going like, oh. And I didn't know. Like, I found out, like, because he's sending messages, and because phones had just come out with messages, and I think it was like Nokia 42, 10 days, early days. Oh, and, yeah, mate. And then I'm getting these, and it was still sort of phone call thing. or I don't know how I found out. I really can't. I'm a bit sketchy on that. But anyway, I found out the guy she was asleep with, or she admitted to it. I can't remember who it was. And then I ended up realising it was a player from another team that I used to play against. Oh. Yeah, and he got really dirty on me because he, see, she didn't tell him about me and I didn't know about him. Mm. And then when we did, I rang him up to sort of say, look, are you, is this what's happened? Is this true? Stupid, because now I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. It's it's mine, mine and her issue, not he yeah. had, you know, yeah. not him. Yep. Yeah, but when you're young, you don't think like that, you know. It's sort of, you want to be the biggest lion in the pack. And... uh yeah, it turned into a bit of an incident between me and him, but the whole time we're being played by the girl, and you, you know, and I used to say, this is getting back to what why I'm talking about this is you said, you know, like I, it was me, you know, what did I do wrong? I actually didn't do anything wrong, you know what I mean? Like we we sometimes are clueless, and when you do be the nice guy, and when you're trying to be straight, I'm not going to say always, but occasionally you can find somebody who can see that a mile away mm. you know and, and you don't see it yourself but you know like next thing you know you've you've got somebody who wants that emotional sort of lean to like it's a tinder date in your case so yeah. a little bit different but then why was she still on tinder if she's kind of seeing someone that's um, how many days was it after that that you'd first seen her did she have time then to establish a relationship with mm. someone or three was it a complete cop out she was saying that because she was off it she was uh, no I basically when it came down to it she was saying that because she didn't want to hurt my feelings, and also what, and just say no, nah, look, I'm like not, yeah, not yeah, keen. just and, and to basically deny my advances because it's to put things in a context. Over these seven years, I got like I hate to use the term, but it's that friend zone thing so many times. But the thing is, 
once again, this is something I was doing to myself because I was the consummate nice guy. Now, the thing is, there's a difference between the nice guy and the good guy. Yep. The good guy has got his boundaries. He stands up for what he believes in and he goes for what he wants. Yep. And there's no fucking two ways about it. And he's willing to say to a woman, this is what I want from this relationship. If you don't want to be in it, like, I'm not going to keep you around as well for emotional support. That's it. Now, interestingly enough, since going through these emotional changes um, that I've been through, uh, I, like I said, I've moved into a more, a more, for lack of a better term, polyamorous relationship. Um, I see multiple women now. I still go out and I'm still picking up. I'm, I'm even still on Tinder and all this kind of stuff. But I still have a lot of female friends. Now, some of these female friends I'm attracted to now, every woman in my life now, unlike before, where, like, they were like, oh, yeah, like, Trav, and, like, didn't, I guess, even think about my sexuality, there's no doubt in any one of my female friends' minds, especially the ones I'm attracted to, that given the opportunity, we would have a fucking amazing time and, like, rolling around in bed. Yep. It would be It would be on. But that doesn't mean that that's what the relationship is founded upon. And... It's kind of like, I kind of think of it as well, once uh, a man's sexual nature as being like, like if you imagine like you've got like a pet like dog or something now, or like, or, or like this, or not even a pet dog, like a wild beast type of thing. Now, some of these guys are so ashamed of this wild beast. I was one of them, I guess, because I've got my own little kinks and pensions and I was always a bit like, oh, I'm a bit strange, but... So I was like the guy that was like standing there going, no, there's, there's no wild beast, but like, no. And this thing's trying to like go crazy. And it's like, no, there's nothing there though. There's nothing there. And it's not to be trusted. Women will kind of look at that and go, I don't really trust this. Now there's that version. Then there's the guy who's all up in his head. Now he's got, he almost just lets the wild beast run out and like kind of like almost molest the fucking woman and like, or got him like on a very vague leash and they're like oh yeah I'm sorry about that like it's licking all over I'm oh, sorry like the invasiveness now once you connect with your sexual nature as a man or even as a woman for me that beast is now that the animalistic part of me that beastly sexual nature is now sitting by my side it's not on a leash but it's right there it's on display and every woman can go oh that's that's a gorgeous that's a that's a gorgeous thing there and it won't it won't leap on you unless i want it to if i if if we want to leap on you then and you open and you give the invitation for that of course then it's going to be a fucking amazing time but it's there and that's whereas i and that's how i see a man's sexual nature and understandably so because these days there's so much shit around toxic masculinity there's all of this kind of stuff that comes into it so guys in so many ways are ashamed of that kind of sexual side of themselves or to own their masculinity to own that's right. their yeah, sexuality I think, I think it's always been there i think it's we now have a term for it and i think there's a lot of people jumping on we're <laughs> It's getting into that piece. That's a PC minefield that we can always we can mm. open up because it's a case of like I'm a I'm a very I'm a male I'm very male and I'm I, I talk like a rough bloke I, I come across like that yet you can't judge a guy simply because that's you know like I could be toxic I could be as blokey bloke as you want to be but I've got a lot of levels and I've got a lot of things that I I think about and and I 
and I do. I've got a look. I got, like I'm punching above my weight with my wife, and I, it's because and I've had to give up a lot of things and that and for her happiness as far as things that I do and and and, and time is the big one. You know, you need to put the time into your, into your partner because you know, like if I'm just in here all the time and that you know out of a hair playing in the studio doing recording and all that kind of stuff, well then. She's going to get very used to me not being around, and then that makes it very easy for her not to be around. You know, so you got to mm. you got to put that time in, and and so that's I'm very aware of of all that. Yet I've had people all the time just say, "God, you're such a bloke." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, I am," and I'm and I'm proud to be here because yeah. oh, I'm a fucking man. Like I, I'm a bloke, and got a beautiful house. You built this studio. That's yeah. Yeah, like I, I like I'm a, I'm the stereotypical like like building things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. doing this that, but. It's a case of, I like and 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 I like and look and Kaneko, my wife, she's she loves being a female. She loves to clean. Like I know that sounds crazy, but she loves to keep the houses. Like she loves doing the house stuff, and she, you know, like she, you know, she'll get out and and do stuff with me in the garden occasionally, and we do stuff together. But I'm not allowed to cook one because I'm shit. <laughs> I wonder, but she she is Japanese, and food is something that's taken very seriously. Mm. And she cooks very well. And she's why do I have to eat your shit when I can make something ten times better? And my mates come around, and Keniko's in the kitchen doing this, and they say to me, they go, you know, like why don't you get out and help your wife and all that kind of stuff? So, mate, I'm not allowed near the kitchen. They go, oh yeah, that's probably you not wanting to go in there. And I go, Nah, nah, we've got this understanding. Like, and I, when it comes to the lifting and when it comes to doing certain things, and I just take Kiki off her hands when she needs that break. And we've got a very awesome symbiotic relationship, which is very old school husband and wife and the way it is. I'm out earning the dollars, she's at home keeping house. And everyone sort of goes, Oh, and people are bucking that, saying, you know, that I'm keeping her there and I'm. Not at all, mate. And it's we're, we're, and we're happy. We are a happy couple, mm. and we've got our place. One in society. And it, I guess the fact that she's Japanese and it's it's still very much like that in Japan. But I didn't marry her purely because to keep her in the kitchen, and that's what she likes. I, when I met her, she was working for American Airlines, and you know, like it was. She's she was a working woman, very independent, but she loves being a mum, and mm. you know. So we've got this thing, and I think you can be like that, but. You're going to get some wanker turn around and go, you're being a toxic male, you know? Like, yeah. Just like, fuck you. Like, I'm, you know, like, I'm not. I'm, and, and the whole, I've got a mate, Carl Junker, and he's big on the fact that men in this world are being watered down to the point where it's shameful to be a man. It is. You know? and, the, and no, he's quite right. There. And we love girls, and we love getting around with a couple of blokes just going, fuck me, check that out. She is yeah. stunning. I can't see anything wrong with that. And it's it's got to be, as long as it's done from a state of appreciation and not entitlement. Now, that's why when that's I... A, that's a great that's a great call and from like, appreciation, not entitlement. I, yeah, like, when I, I really like when that. I I walk up, when I walk up to a woman in a bar and I notice something about her and she's gorgeous, the reason I'm attracted and walking up to her is because I want to tell her, I want to tell her my truth. And I'm like... Darling, that dress you're wearing, the way your hair is, you are a gift tonight, my dear. That is amazing. That's me expressing my truth. That's not me going, oh, by the way. What's the reaction you get from Because, I mean, I've kind of, I might have said it a little slightly differently, but I've said that in the past, and I've been shot down. Yeah. But uh, how's that gone for you when you've said that? It depends for me, because I, I would say these days, 
Um, because you know, in like even the that pickup artistry community, there's a thing called cold approach, where you just like you just got approach people, approach, approach, approach. The more I've connected with myself, the more I'm very much aware of micro expressions and the room. And for starters, if a woman doesn't look at me, like if I don't even catch her, a woman's eye looking at me for a second, or I don't feel her energy at least in some way directed towards me, I won't approach her. Yep. I'm not going to interrupt, or like, if two women are sitting facing themselves, facing each other directly, in an intense conversation, I might be attracted to her, but who the fuck am I to go up and interrupt that conversation? Like, yeah, I, 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 need I agree some, with that. I need yeah. some kind of cue. Yep. I need the littlest, and it's only got to be the invite of the woman looking at me, that invites me, and then I'm like, okay, she's given me the invite, now it's my turn to go over. So in that sense, I also would say I don't particularly experience rejection. Or yeah. one of my favorite things to do when I'm out and about is when my innocent rascally child kind of self comes out, I see a woman walk by and I'm just like, as wait, <laughs> and I, as, I just like, I'm like, hello. Like, for people who are listening, I, I, I wave like a little kid. I, I like, if you can see it on the video, but I'm just like, hey, how are you? And like, and then they'll wave at me. And if they wave back, I'm like, hey, c- come over here. Like, what's, what's, what's your name? What's your name? I'm, I'm Travis. Like, and I, that comes out of me. Um, so oftentimes the response I get is always positive because I'm aware enough to read my environment and the room. But even as I said, I, when I go up and if it, if it's not received well, if I'm like, dear, you look, you look stunning. And she's like, "Mm, yeah, whatever. Like I should be able to walk away from that. Once again, not feeling rejected because I expressed my truth. I did my job. I showed up. I'm not entitled to to her going, oh, thanks, you're just the best. Look at you just just appreciating me. That's not what it's about. I'm not entitled to that. I told my truth. Now I can leave. I've done that in the past and I've walked away and I've had that exact thing, like, whatever, you you know, and I've walked away and go, oh, it's a shame. She, she, I feel sorry for her because she can't have that openness and conversation and accept a compliment, you know, and it's, it's, it is happening. But one thing I've noticed, actually, there was a period... It, say ten or so years ago, where girls were very, very shut down, and I think what's happened is it's almost flip-sided. Where um, we, I, like, I mean, I chat to a lot of people, and conversation something that's not really a given anymore. If you know what I'm saying, it's very rare that we people like you and I sit mm. down now and and have a conversation for an hour yeah. and a half and talk about things and throw things to and fro. And you do it out like if if I was, for example, um, I was paying a registration on my boat trailer and. And just started having a conversation with this girl and found out, well, she's from New Zealand and, you know, she's lived out here for seven or eight years and uh, she loves um, kippers and told me about these little kipper fish and and we talked and we, like, because she had things to do and sit on the computer for four minutes while, you know, everything came up and checked out and went tick, tick and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and then at the end of that, she said, oh, really nice chatting to you. And I went, yeah, you too, have a great day. And in that environment, she probably has... People sort of go, oh, yeah, good day, in it, oh, yeah. you know, just you know, and I know, I know I am a conversationalist. That's why I do stacks and stuff like that. So I guess I can sort of keep the conversation rolling, or just get away from the boring, normal sort of social cues that people say, <laughs> "How's the weather? Oh, good, mm, you know, nice yeah. day, in it, and all the bullshit." I, I'm not that guy, but she, I can sort of tell by her response that she enjoyed somebody taking the time to listen a little bit about her. To be in, in like curiosity true openness and curiosity will get you everywhere and like i mentioned i i work at iga and i most of the time when i'm not doing night shifts i'm working on the checkout 
Um, and I'm known by like all of my supervisors as like a horrendous flirt because they're like, Travis, it doesn't matter if it's a man, if it's a woman, <laughs> their age, their ethnicity, you flirt with everyone. And I mean, I'm completely straight, but to me, I'm You're just, a people I, person. I, I, That's I'm, what I'm it is. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and you know what someone's buying? I'm like, you know, I'll make a joke about that, but I'm constantly looking for the feedback in terms of where this person's at energetically and what I can do to just kind of maybe lift their spirit or just make them laugh or just do something weird that makes them kind of go, what? Like, just throw them off a little bit. Because so many people are running just, like, they're not present. They're not in the moment of everything. They're like, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, here's your change, sir. It's, and... Sometimes you just got to do something a little bit silly or make someone laugh and it just pulls them back to now. Like, even I'll ask people, I'm like, how was your day today? And they're like, and they're like, yeah, good, thanks. And But they say it with that drop face, like, yeah, good, thanks. And I'm like, but is it good, thanks? And they're, and they're like, and they'll, they'll look at me and they kind of lift and they're like, well, yeah, I, I, I guess it's okay. And I'm like, well, so we're out of 10, where are we at? And they're like, you know, they're like, oh, so I guess it's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a six. I'm like, what's the, oh, okay, just over 50. Yeah, you got somewhere to go from there, but you've got to bring them back to where they're at, which is here and now, whereas they're off on the treadmill of memory or imagination, just going, oh, yeah. wait, I've got to go do this and I've got to go do that. And, you know, stop and smell the flowers, mate. It's I really worry about uh, the next generation with their heads down in phones all the time, headphones mm, in, yeah. uh, no communication. Like I'd sit on a bus and I'd talk to the person next to me. You know, I'd sit on a train and I say a lady to the hello to the lady across from us. I, I don't know if it's and people say, ah, oh, it's a country, and you know, it's not. It's just me personally, and it's my generation. I guarantee you, everyone that I went to school with does the same thing. Um, from where, where where I'm from in little hometown called Holmesville, New South Wales, but. It was just the dumb thing. We all said good day to each other, and I notice now, like kids just don't talk to each other. It's they're afraid to socially, you know. And, and so, what does that cause? It causes division, and it causes grouping, and it causes socially we're on a we're a complete we're changing. You know what I mean? And yeah, and then mm. people like yourself is just that rare jewel in the crown, which you know, like. And, and the thing is, too, you've got your inhibitions are low for you to be able to go out and talk to people like that. Because I know I don't fear people. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't I, So I don't have inhibitions about talking to people. I don't fear community. I'll, I'll see a big bad biker walking down the street and I'm like, hey, got muscles yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, good, mate. What's going on? You know, like, I'll, I'll just do that. Because I've got no fear of people. Like, I've just never had that fear. You know, I don't want to get bitten by a shark, but I've got, I'm not afraid of what someone... And I guess we'll see. It's interesting. Um, a lot, and I, I did. I, I've I've often had that fear of people, and this is where a lot of the inner work, I guess, has come, uh, has been important for me, because I've wanted to connect with my authentic self and understand why something makes me afraid. Why am I worried about what that person's going to think about me? Why am I worried about? the repercussions of if I do something a little bit strange in public, you know, if people look at me, why am I afraid of that? Um, so in doing that inner work, it's it's really opened me up. Like, I remember it was like, oh, fuck, it was in like November last 
November of 2017, where I'd met a girl in Mandurah. I'm still very good friends with her, actually. Shout out to to Kim, if she ends up having a listen to this. But um, I was at a silent, when I was still playing bass in the Silent Deeds, doing a gig in Mandurah. And we ended up um, hitting it off and having a cheeky... um, Oh, there we are. <laughs> yeah, having a cheeky. I've seen that somewhere in here. Yeah. Having a cheeky makeout in the in the alley, and then she had to go, and she left me her number, and we caught up, and she lives in Montreal um, now, and yeah, we caught up and spent like one really nice night together, and I remember after we're like laying in bed, and she's like, "You're such a ladies' man," like this is, and I was like, uh, "Mate, no, I haven't been with a woman like in this context." for like ages I'm like this is just a part of me that I'm discovering that I think I've I've been I've been it's been hidden under the fear for so long Mm. Um, and I still get that whereas yeah now everyone at work and everyone who knows me like Travis you're such a fucking flirt you're horrendous like oh yeah like you know you're always going after like the ladies like this is yeah it's I get this all the time now because I've I've had to work on it. it it doesn't it didn't come naturally for me I've always been a bit strange and a bit weird, but there's, I guess, the more I connect with myself, love myself and appreciate myself, the more that I realize I don't need it from anyone else. If you, I I don't, I don't even want it. Like, I I don't, I don't want your love. Like, I want, I want you to love you. Mm. That's a far more beautiful thing. Like, don't, like, if, if I offer something that helps you, be grateful that you could hear it and you could understand it. Don't be like, oh, bloody thank you, Trav, for the advice. No, just, just, just you. Like, I, 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 I've got enough love in me for me. I'm going to call this podcast Fifty Shades of Trav. <laughs> oh, God, there's... Oh, we're probably, oh, what, 49 now? 49. And most of it's about sex or women. <laughs> no, no, no. It's been, it's been really good, like, because we, uh, as I said, these podcasts just take all different forms, and this one's been a really good... It's actually one that girls would really like to listen to. Um to get that introspective on, uh, you know, and that perspective on, on guys, not so much myself, but on someone that, that is, gen- and then probably helps understand themselves a little bit better as well, because you, the things you're saying are just like spot on as far as goes, as far as, usually someone in, in your position that, who, who, you know, an attractive male has all the right assets, is doing, everything right, speaks well, like I was saying before, good-looking, speaks well, you think would be able to go out there and play, you know what I mean, play the the field a bit. And then, but it shows me that you're not a selfish person because if you were and it was all about you and you had that, it boils down to personality types mm-hmm. as well and you don't have that person, you, you are a caring guy and I'd be interested to find out your background as far as like how you grew up and who was your influence in your life as far as did mum influence you a lot in your life so therefore you grew up you know really respecting women because you, you idolised your mum your, your mm. perhaps I mean I, we don't need to talk about that but it kind of fits that sort of that that mould you know what I mean like I, I got my mother had a massive influence on me when I was young she was the one that pretty much brought me up and told me you know how to be how to treat women how you don't do this you don't do that dress nice when you're going out, when you knock on the door, turn up with flowers, do all those right things. And as much as you sit there and go, oh, Christ, me mum just ranting on, I actually did what she told me. And for ages I was laughed at because everyone used to think, oh, God. And I remember I turned up and did exactly those things 
to a girl who I really had a lot of time for. Took her out to the theatre a few times, and had a, and at the time I really liked her. And and she turned around to me and goes, "Oh, you just want to sleep with me? That's why you're doing all that." And I went, "I didn't want to say nah." My mum said I should because <laughs> <laughs> I was about I was about twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to say that. Yeah, mum said I should do this, but. She said, oh, you're just doing this because you just want to sort of sleep with me. And I went, and that, that's, I learned that day that no matter what you do, if, if someone's put up those walls and those defenses, they're going to interpret everything you do as you're just trying to sleep with me. And it's sad. So then when I moved on, I met other people. Mm. Like Kaneko today, if I went and showed up and got Kaneko flowers and done that, she's over the moon about it. Yeah. I don't want to sleep. Well, I, I, I do. We, we, we do. There's. It's not a question of I want to sleep with her anymore. Yeah, you know it's 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 never we've been together fifteen years, and it's not a case of I want to sleep with her. Cases that I love her and I want to do certain things for her, and yeah, and it, it just blows me away that once those walls are up, people just just don't get it. And if you are listening and you are a, a male or a female, really consider the next time you go out and you are trying to meet someone or you or you are doing mm. that. If you are being honest and you do get rejected, don't feel bad about it. It's just sometimes it's just the way people think that they're hearing what you're saying, you know. And or, or as as a man, like own your shit. If you're approaching, if like, if I was out somewhere and I approached a woman, gave her a compliment, and she turned around and said, "You just want to sleep with me," I'd be like, "Yes, I do. I want to take you home right now, and I'd love to absolutely ravish you." And I'd love to be completely present with you. But don't think that then I'm kicking you out of my bed. No, you're staying. And then I'm going to get to know you. And then we're going to experience each other. Because I want I, I want to show my vulnerable side. You can't get more vulnerable than when you're fucking. It's both divine and it's animalistic. It's everything in between. And it's it like, I, I, want to, I, I want to experience that with you. I want to show my all. And I want to see your all. I want, warts and all like let's get it all out there but that's what I want I don't want there to be this I don't want this to be a game I want this to be very fucking straightforward yeah. and you're staying the night and we'll cuddle afterwards because that's what I want well I guess I mean I'm going to use Facebook here but you said it before that a few of those people that you have met not, and I've got a couple that I've met over the years and I've We've spent the night together and all that kind of stuff. I still talk to a lot of them today, and I'm married. Yeah. And I still say good day and, and take the time to go out, and if I see them, I'll stop, and we have our good five, ten-minute conversations. Like, how the hell you been? Or on Facebook, they still comment, and, and they love the fact that I've found my wife and all that kind of, Like, that's what it should be like. That's what it should... And then, you know, and then that boils down to what I believe I was like, because yeah. they, they knew when I, there was a stage in my life where I said, look, I am a love rat. I said, we'll have fun and I'll, I'll, there's no hidden agenda here. You know, I said, we can have fun and, and I can come across very mature. And I said, but I'm not going to fall in love with you first. I don't even know you. And when they, they yeah. heard that, they were really like, oh, this is like, wow, I'm actually talking with somebody that has a head on his shoulders Fucking here. genuine, you know? yeah. Yeah, none of this like saying shit to try and... To to try and get somewhere, or so like I I just go, nah. I said, look, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. I said, yeah, you know. And then, I the the attractive thing that I was told that with me was a few times was that I said, oh, there's not a chance. I said, and I was I said I'm not being selfish, but I couldn't be in a relationship because I'm wanting to travel Australia doing comedy. I'm wanting to travel Australia doing my music. 
I don't know if I'm going to be in Broome next week. I don't know if I'm going to be here. I don't know what I'm doing. I might see, see someone. And I just laid it all out. And people knew what I was about. Yeah. But they also knew that we could have a giggle and a laugh together, have a bit of fun, have a few drinks, get on, so to speak. Mm. And they knew from the get-go that there was... It was a friend. It was a like a friendy fuck, you know. Not a. It's, you know. It, it should be. I, and mean, I think you've got friends like that as well. That's that's you should be. I all of my friends I have an emotional connection with. That's the case. Then, like I said, there's female friends that I have an even deeper commo- um, emotional and physical connection with, which is the act of sex, and it's all fucking joyous. Yep. It's fucking supposed to be joyful, yep. like sex. And this is some of the things I have to do with some of my male mates because and it's the same with women as well. The fucking problem is romantification. You will look at a woman across the room. Next minute, you probably worse for... I, I think it, men and women are as bad as each other with this, honestly. But you look at a woman or a man across the room and next minute you're imagining marrying them. It's like, fuck off, you don't know the person. Yeah, I can't say I've done that. Oh, thank goodness for that because I've no mates who like... Who are like, or they they very soon, even after a couple of weeks of dating, they're like, oh, but like, there's this quality about them. I'm like, I don't know if it would work in a marriage. And I'm like, wait, are you having fun together? Do you enjoy each other's company right now? Because right now is what matters. And whether you like it or not, both of you are going to fucking change. Yeah. yeah. Every The one thing that never changes in life is that everything fucking changes. And I think that's sometimes why, in Kanika and I's case, we're so polar opposites apart. We've got no interests that are similar. Yeah. Not one. Apart from each other. I like her. She likes me. She likes different things. We care about our daughter. But she, she we're so apart. We'll sit down and she'll watch Japanese TV and I'll, I'll watch sport on the phone. And we're just happy being together, sitting there watching it. And then we'll talk and then go back to our interests. And I, I don't feel I have to, oh, I want to watch what you're watching. I want to understand you. There's none of that. And so we never had that. We never had that crossover as far as, you know, oh, I'm into it. Like she's got these great qualities. She she loves my music. She she reckons I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like yeah, I'm pretty good music. She goes, oh, you're okay. Like I'm saying a lot better. Like, <laughs> and I love that honesty. That's a, no, just there's a quality that I love. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's killer. So I, I guess if you can, you don't know that you're going to have that. We, it took us a while to know each other till you, you find those qualities. But I guess it's what qualities do you look for straight off the bat? You know what I mean? And I think conversation would have to be number one. If you yeah. can't have a conversation with somebody and then you're, you're on that level. I mean, I met a girl recently who's got a boyfriend and he's a great guy and she's great, but we just clicked. You know what I mean? And so, and, and there was nothing ever sexual or anything. There. We talked about some weird shit down that road of sex and all that stuff while a boyfriend was standing there. But he was also at that level too where he goes, ah, she's having a conversation with this guy. She gets on with him. I understand that. He seems like a reasonable bloke. He's having a good, intelligent conversation. Bit of a laugh, lighthearted. Beautiful. That was at a show. And um, uh, and to this day, like, she still talks about Facey and so does he now. You know, yeah. hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, good. And conversation. You know, like... Yeah, but, People, and I think this thing about nightclubs where you get in there and you dance and it's all about body movements and all that kind of stuff, physical attraction will only last for so long. It will. No matter how smoking hot either of you are, you know. And like, and I, I know exactly what you mean. There was on Friday night, I was with a friend 
And I was in that childish rascal set, and I, literally those two girls, and I waved at them, and I was like, hey, what are your names? And immediately we got in a conversation. Everything was great. Then we were like, oh, we're going, we're going to bloody this place. Do you want to come? And immediately we, we got on, and I was very attracted to one of the girls. That's why I waved at her, and I, I, I made that very clear. I'm like, you're gorgeous. I'm like, you're so small. You, I just want to pick you up and throw you around. You're so tiny. Adorable little thing. Um, and... Then, as the night went on, and I made it, I, I made my intentions very clear, and then she basically said, oh, look, I've got a boyfriend. I'm like, oh, do you? Tell me about this boyfriend. Like, it's like, oh, I've been seeing him for two months. And I'm like, oh, come on, show me a picture. I want to see this guy. And I'm like, oh, isn't he a handsome lad? And we had a brilliant night together, and mind you, my other mate hooked up with her friend, so I was like, bloody, well done, well, sir. Yeah. Um, but-, but you're a rarity because, once again, that's your unselfish nature. Had you been a selfish nature, you would oh, really? Hey, so what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's you, it. And be you like, would have moved oh, yeah, on because you're on. only after the one thing. Now, they would have sensed that straight away because you, the, what you did yeah. would show them that it's not about sex. It's not about a result. It's genuine about, man, we're having fun. You're yeah, nice we're person. having fun. We're hanging out. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, given half the chance, I will bend you over and do nasty things <laughs> to you. But also, like, I, I totally respect... And then funnily, funnily enough, she did, like, a couple of hours later when... It, I'm at home, like at 5am in the morning. She somehow found me and added me on Facebook and we started the conversation up again. It's like, we started chatting. It's like, I respect she's in a relationship. She's in a committed monogamous relationship. And I'm like, fucking cool. But is that not a smart move too? Because had you just dropped it there and then, you may never speak to her again. Now, what happens is three months down the track, shit's not going well between her and her boyfriend. And next thing you know, they're not together. She's going to be, hey, Trav, what are you doing? Let's go out, you know, sometime. And that groundwork you put in and the right moves you put in there, and it's, I shouldn't say moves because it sounds sleazy, but the, the reason you just being you enables the possibility. And this is where guys fall short. you got to enable, you got to create possibilities. And I do it every day. You do. Every That's day true. with creating possibilities. Like with my daughter, I, I'll show her something, and she doesn't have to learn that day. I plant seed. I might leave a little guitar in her room. That's because it's the possibility that one day she's going to pick it up and all of a sudden take interest in it. But if it was never there, she may never pick it up. And and you know? that and you're creating possibilities. You're sowing seeds wherever you go with everyone you know. Mm. Um, I Great for networking, for business and all that stuff. Very well. much so. Like I've gotten so many jobs or like met so many people made so many friends um interacted with so many different human beings just from that from being my i guess my most authentic self at that time and expressing that and expressing interest in the other person because people are fucking interesting we're a weird bunch of whatever we are as humans and we're weird and we're interesting and i want to know about you because Mm. I'm sure there's something in you that will give me comfort in myself or that will might make me chuckle or that we can like just have fun together. That's fucking cool in my opinion. Do, do, do people... And I'm going to segue a little bit here. Do people, do people sometimes not... like? I mean, is it too much? Is Are you too much? I can be too much for some people. Oh, yeah, definitely. So... <laughs> Can you be too much for some people? Like, like, and they get a lot. Just can't do. It. And it's because one, they probably just don't get the whole concept. They don't. They don't see what you're about. Yeah. What they see is sometimes people. I think people would sometimes see you as a threat. Yeah. Um, especially males who who are very 
protective with females, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's been happening a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, mate, I've copped it. And the thing yeah. is, I look at the guy and I look at me and go, you're for fucking real. Like, come on, dude, like, look at me. Like, <laughs> as I said, I look like a hat full of chisels. Like, this bloke, I've had blokes over the years and they just go, like, just fuck off and leave me girlfriend alone. No, I'm just having a cool conversation. Like, dude, and then I'm onto the guy then. Yeah. Right? And, I, and then I try and say, like, mate, you just shouldn't be like that. Like, this, I've got no interest in your your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, apart from the fact that we're just enjoying a conversation. Now, when that's a problem, it's your problem. Yeah. You know? and, and it's nearly led to punch-ups and shit like that. But, yeah. Well, thankfully, I, I, I am definitely too much for some people. Um, I think uh, the, the intensity of my energy at times... Especially when I'm out and I'm in my like very because I I do flux between extroverted and introverted I think quite evenly but when I'm in my extroverted phase and it's really turned on it's like poof but that's the Trav that I I knew for, yeah and I've seen perform and I've seen lead a band and all that stuff and that's yeah. uh, it's what made you and that's why I headhunted you for a podcast because I went this guy's definitely going to have stuff to say you know like because it was just you know, you ooze it physically as well. So. But I, I, it's funny, yeah, because I, I have um, I have a friend at the moment who's a close friend, um, and she, she's recently hooked up with this guy, and this guy, he's he's younger, he's an Irish, he's an Irish boy, he's a nice dude, but we hung out a couple of weeks and he doesn't like me but I kind of revel in it, like because I can <laughs> see, like I'm like, dude, you got nothing to be threatened about, and then. The cheeky side of me comes out because I'm like, oh, I know that I'm bothering you a little bit. And so this is where my rascal side comes out with people and I'm like, ooh, like, I get to poke fun at them. I'm like, hey, there's, hey, ha- hey, you notice that? Did you notice that about yourself? Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's unique to every individual. It's going to happen too where, and once, I mean, if, if things last between these two and they settle and all that kind of stuff. Even from her perspective, you may, and you will drift away at some point. You know what I mean? Like, people do get closed in. And I guess while you're single in that circle, friendship circles and that exist, you tend to, I don't know why that happens though. You know, like it's, like Kaneko and I have got a circle of friends, but so tight, so small. And that, well, actually mine are real. I've got associates like yourself. So I've got so many that are in the industry and around Perth for different things that we talk to regularly. We're friends. We always chat. We occasionally do a dinner, but the the circle of people that I see on a regular regular basis are a very few, mm. few and far between, and that that does happen. But I guess with your personality, you're gonna you're gonna meet people and you're gonna have these girlfriends and stuff, but they'll eventually sort of fade away. But you will keep some. There's something I wanted to tell you before, and I'm just trying to remember what it was. That's right. When we were talking before about how we've had friends in that that we've slept with, mm. but and you've ha- you've got friends that you haven't, but you're so close to them. I I'll let you in on something. There's a girl that I've I've I love to this day. I absolutely adore her. I think she's the most beautiful girl. Can't stop just checking up on her face and seeing how she's living. And it's not that I want to be with her because she's in a relationship. She's got kids. She's so happy. But I just adore this girl. I really, I genuinely, and I have since school. And I went to school then. I've I've just always adored her and always absolutely thought the world of this woman. And we we were together when we were young, and a, but I was so naive and young and didn't have a clue what I was fucking doing. And, and 
were we? I mean, we're 12, 13, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, so it's not even, yeah. <laughs> it's not even, but it was that goes, goes back to then when the way I thought about it then, I think about it today and absolutely think the world of it. And I, I do, and would do anything for it still to this day. And we've got our lives and we're close and, and we're, we're sort of, we're friends and we still talk. And she'd come over to Perth and when she was here, she made sure we caught up and all that stuff. But as far as, us ever there's been no we've never kissed we've never done anything you yeah. know yet if you said to me could I who would if there was anyone on the planet you could marry I'll, I don't have to think you know I'd be like oh, I've got that person but we've never but we've never got there like yeah. never we've never had an intimate moment ever ever once yet for me I mean she might think different but it's weird because it's not someone that I've been with in the past, and I had a girlfriend in the past who I, I think very highly of as well. Who, if you could go back, would you? Who would you go? Back? And it's like, oh well, if I had to, it would be her sort of thing. And and we were into and all that kind of stuff. But to have someone that you just never, never had that moment with, but I feel like a trust in my life, and everything about her is is my ideal. You know what I yeah. mean? But we, but we're friends. It's not like she doesn't know I exist. It's not a case of oh. There's this girl out there, but she doesn't know I uh, exist. I just sit here and stalk her from my channel. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, but the thing is, I don't, yeah, and I've never stalked her. Like it's, yeah. I, I guess I, when I say I look at her on Facebook and I, I see what she's doing and that, like we are friends and it pops up. But I take a genuine interest in a genuine interest in what what things are happening because, for example, like she was. Um, She's an artist and always has been, and now she's just after all these years done university and she's going to become an art teacher. And I always back then I knew that she'd be the best art teacher because she just was into it, you know. So to see that arc is really really cool, and to have that affection for somebody that from a dis and but you know what I love if she broke up with the husband I'd be genuinely upset because I know how much it's how good it is right now in 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 her family sort of situation and she thinks the the kids are great he's an awesome man he's a, uh, but any guy that she ever had a relationship with she tended to i think they see the fact that i have a lot of affection for her probably don't believe that there's nothing ever gone on so there's been this kind of jealousy so so what i think she did was keep at arm's length as we got older keep at arm's length from me a bit because you know, like I'd sort of, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but yeah, I've always had that moment where there's been that one person that, but never once has it been a sexual thing and it's not, the attraction isn't a sexual attraction at all. I think she's absolutely stunning and beautiful, but not in the way that I just, I don't know, I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a total head attraction. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to explain. I've never been able to explain it. I've never, because it's weird, it's unlike any other attraction I've had for anybody including my wife you know which is well like the, the attraction I have towards my wife is a completely different one again there are and I, I find um, that is the case you will often run into different people in life that that strike you in certain ways um, whether they be men or women um, I I'm there's there's been Many people who who fascinate me, um, and that I'm intrigued by, and that I have a lot of respect for, um, 
And I guess when it comes to women, it's like, yeah, there's this... Uh, that's why I don't really particularly have a type even when it comes to a woman because it's like, when I appreciate something about her, it's like, what is it? That, like, they're always different. And there's always something... And some are really special. There's... um, no, Yeah, I've never been taught more in life than by the women that have that have been in my life. Yeah. And I guess to go seven years without that and to... Because I, I was hurt um, by being cheated on, I kind of was like, no, if someone comes along, she's got to be really special and did that kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And really just denied myself the ability to... I, 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 re- I rejected women before they even got a chance to to get close to me or for me to... or for them to even reject me. I'd look at them and I'd be like, nah, but... No, like, or I'd wait for them to fit into a box of what I thought was perfect. Um, and then even if they did fit into that box, there'd be no fucking way I'd be able to approach him because I would have freaked out. <laughs> I'd be like, ah! <laughs> so, so the seven years happened after you found out about your ex-partner and what well, was going on? It was when I first came to Perth, which was in 2011. And I... Um, Where's home originally? Melbourne. Victoria. Yep. Um, Are so, your family there still? Um, my father lives in Geelong, and my mother, stepfather, and um, sister live in Queensland now. Yeah, right. So, so you're over here, basically. You're it. You're here. I'm. I'm here on my own. Yeah, I do the. Uh, I do the. Um, what is it? The orphans' Christmas yep. all the time. But I. I. I like it this way. Like I. I, I love my my parents, but we are. Very different people. Yep. Very different people. Um, so I, and at the end of the day, I, 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 as much as I love everyone that I know and all my friends and all of my lovers, even as much as I love them, I, I don't feel like I don't feel in any way attached to them. Yep. Like, if one of them came out of my life as like you know or drifted out of my life, that I, that I would be in full acceptance of that. If any of them died, I would be sad, sure, but I would never feel lost. I in no way feel oh, I lost. I totally understand what you're saying. You know? I, I lost a brother last year, and we tied us. Oh, we, we tied us three, but where a lot of people were clutching at straws after he died, I was never felt lost. Never felt. I know this sounds bad, but I was never uh, overly upset. I miss him and I love him, and I, it's I, I'm saddened for his family that he's gone but oh, I'm, I'm funny with things like that like when people go I just my take on life is really different to a lot of people I'm there's saying. no for me there's no ownership on life we don't yeah. people say you own your own life and all that kind of stuff yeah we do but for me what I mean is is that we're we're all part of a bigger thing and we're Definitely. so insignificant and it's going to happen yeah so I've I've, I've embraced that I've embraced the fact that that chaos of, of loss is going to come in and out of my life a lot, you know. Why, you know, we can celebrate birth, but we why, why can't we celebrate death? Mm. I think it's, it, it's, or celebrate the time that that person had. It's, that is, I think, even what gives life so much value is, is knowing that death is a, is a certainty. Yeah. For every one of us. Well, he gave a lot and... He he had a lot at his fear, and that made me happy. You know, like the fact that everyone there weren't people there saying bad things, and he had people show up. He had he was very big on coach. He was coach rugby 
a rugby coach and he had all the kids turn up and from the whole club, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it kind of, I, I, I felt at peace that he had, he had done his thing here. You know, he got enough done, you know, and, you know, it's just sad that he did, he's not going to see his two young boys grow up. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, and family, like I've got, I'm like yourself. I'm, I could be totally on my own and I don't feel the need for that. For them to be around, I do like that they're there, you know. But but now that I got my own daughter, I I couldn't imagine being apart from her. So it's kind of a contradiction, you know. Mm. It's sort of bizarre. That's uh, never needed that closeness, and I am close to my parents because they're here, and you know, and I always will be. But I've never felt that need for it, you know. Like I've never yeah. felt that. I'm not clingy. I'm not sort of someone that, you know, like I'm not the sort of put my arm around my brother and go, we're bros, we're bros. You and me. To the end, you and me, yeah, yeah. kid. You know, to the end, we're not like that at all. It's just like, and I'm very. I've got a lot of solitary, sort of feelings here. But then, with my daughter, it's all completely different. Hard mm. to explain. It's a real contradiction, but yeah. I'm thinking. So you, yeah. you're in Melbourne. Yep. What brought you to Perth? To study jazz at Whopper. Uh huh. Yeah, as a vocalist. Um. So yeah, I got in a Whopper and came over here. In 2011, which is actually where I met the um, the bassist and the drummer of um, my current musical project, King Proteus. So, but I came over here and I just fell in love with Perth. Perth's fucking weird. It's small, it's eclectic, and it's 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 me to a T. Like yeah, it suits me too. You know, in its, its own own kind of way. Yeah. It, I I, I like I guess because I do love people. I like that I can go into town. And I will see someone that I know. I like that at the end of the night, like even last night, I'll go to Joe's Juice Joint and there's someone I know and there's, oh, there's a woman who I've been meaning to catch up with for a while. Sorry, darling. I know that we've been meaning to catch up. I'll, uh, let's get on this again. My mm. bad. I, I love all this kind of stuff. That's, it's, it's like an extended family for me. I don't, I don't think family is, is just blood related. I think it's, who you share your your love and your time and your compassion with that's the, what makes them a family and we're all in in life yeah it's it's, it's you said before that you do like the orphans christmas which I'm yeah. I am familiar I I've never actually done the orphans christmas but I used to uh hold on on good friday because everything was shut there used to be like a chance for I used to invite musos over and we'd all get together on. That was like our Christmas musos togetherness because yeah. no one was gigging. It was the one day that no one was gigging and we'd all get together, all the musos, because they were like a family as well. I need to kick that off again, actually. And um, we'd all get together and have a, have a day together, musos with other musos. You know what I mean? It was a real good, just a Barbie and, you know, talking about, like we do, talk about things other than, you know, songs and music and stuff that consumes so much of our life but yeah but you were saying you come over to study jazz singing at Wapper yeah. so that was your first initial was it your first initial love in music um, did you did you did you see Michael Bublé or something and just went whoa what would be no. that guy um, I was living before I came over here I was living in Geelong with my father um, for, a, for a couple of years and the only music course they offered in Geelong at the time was a jazz course so I did two years of studying jazz um, over there and that's where my love of jazz and the improvisational nature of jazz came in. 
Um, don't like I still listen to jazz, but I don't really play it or practice it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I love what it opened me up to in terms of the freedom that it approached music with, um, and the mentality of jazz musicians. Um, I really enjoyed that culture. That's what I really picked up from my, I guess, dipping my toes into the world of jazz. So um, with King Proteus and the other two guys have had a jazz background as well. Yeah. The music that you're playing, is it, it's probably nowhere near jazz, is it? It's, it's, it's not. It's a combination of, I guess, there's oh, like funk, soul, reggae, rock, um, there are jazz, like jazzier elements, progressive elements as well, but as I was, um, as we were talking about earlier on, it's like that's why I kind of adapted the name Proteus. Proteus being this sea god who could change into anything he wanted to. Yeah, it was the idea with this band was that you had four because we've also got Clayton Brown from Filth Wizards and. I met him playing with the Deeds. I love that name. Um, the Filth Wizards. Filth Wizards. Uh, <laughs> Filth Wizard, and um, he's also in uh, The Limbs. They were the ones playing last night. So got him, but it was like getting four players together who are competent enough that they can play anything they want. Yeah. And that can bend the whim of the song to express the emotion and what they want to express through it. So that's really what... <laughs> King Proteus is about anyway. And it's fairly fresh, isn't it? You've only been out. Very fresh. Yeah. I um, mean, we do talk about other stuff than music, but we do touch on the music a little mm, bit. Yeah, so very fresh and likely to record. Um, we've got three tracks up on SoundCloud, um, which you can check out, or Triple J Unearthed, um, via the, uh, if you look up King Proteus on Facebook. Three tracks there. Um, two of them about... Uh, two different women one because I write about fucking women because clearly that's what inspires me in my life because I'm just a fucking slut mate (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah it's uh, it's 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 good it's really good musician uh, really good musicians and like I'm just grateful to have these guys that are so capable like so amazingly capable yep um yeah, I'm very, very grateful, especially coming from what I had been playing with before. Mm. I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing some. Is one of those ones on SoundCloud? Are we able to play it? Yeah, definitely. Would be, be okay to play it on, on stage. We would definitely be okay to play it. Let's have a song then. Um, what What's the name of the song? Oh, okay. What, come, um, what one are you gonna What one are you gonna play for us? Ooh, Trent? ooh. Um, I reckon the good. Ch- oh, ooh. I've got to go for my favourite, and this is the one that's not about women. (laughs) Um, It's called Self-Inflicted, and it's definitely our funkiest, kind of grooviest number that's just a bit strange. All right, let's listen to it. Let's do it. Self-Inflicted. We need to keep that as the intro for sure. Yeah. 
was self-inflicted wow yes. so no it's a uh, not a bad tune yeah uh i actually haven't heard it for the folks <laughs> <laughs> i 
was like, I'm just letting you know. I've just let you know. I've just let you know the big secret. But yeah, you guys just heard it. I actually haven't heard <laughs> it, but I will have heard it by the time I watch or hear this back. <laughs> That's the way the magic. The magic happens. of it's the way production. the magic happens. So yeah, it's this production. <laughs> Mate, um, you were saying before, Perth's a weird place. Yeah. Anything really weird happen to you in Perth? Something? Have you got a got a weird story for us? Something that's like, well, that's just trippy shit. Um. Oh, mate. It depends how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole of weird, because my weird is fucking weird. Um. On the way coming over to Perth, I attempted to drive. Um. So it would have been February 2011, and then I got into the middle of South Australia and. Rolled my car four times at 140 kilometers per hour. Wow. Where was that? Like on the after Sejuna or? It was 15 or 16 kilometers out of um, Kimba. Yep. That town that's like a tiny little town yeah. that's claimed to fame as the halfway point. It is, yeah. Between the east and west coast. So I was, yeah, I think 15 kilometers. Hasn't Kimba got the big galah? Possibly, I yeah. Think Kimber has, yeah. Um, I was stuck there. So for hang a on, of days. 140 kilometers an hour. Yeah. Straight road? Straight road. Fell asleep? No. Just blown uh, tired? Do you, do you know what happened? Uh, I know I know what happened. It depends how, like... Uh, I have two stories I tell for this. <laughs> okay. I have two stories. One uh, that I tell most... Is it most, <laughs> one, one, one which I, I tell most people is that I was fiddling with the radio. Yeah. Um, that's not the truth. Yeah. Uh, that I took my eye off the road uh, fiddling with the radio. Now, the truth is I took my eye off the road... But, um, how do I simplify this without going into a long-winded story? Um, truth be told, I was, uh, let's say, playing, playing a game with God, for lack of a better term. Yep. And it was this kind of thing that was occurring within me at the time. Nothing in any way sinister. It was quite... It was. I find the whole experience to be quite beautiful, the way I remember it. Um, inspired by this inner conversation that I was having with a, um, I guess my higher self, for once again, lack of a better term, that kind of uh, posts the suggestion that you're on a dead straight road, your arm hasn't moved for an hour and a half. Do you trust life as a whole enough? Do you trust yourself? Do you trust everything enough that you can close your eyes for 10 seconds while you're hand does not move there's no one around me I'm the only one in the car it's like do you trust yourself do you trust everything enough and I I played this game and I got up to six seconds a couple of times I opened my eyes and I was still dead straight in the middle of this fucking nullabore heading down the fucking highway and this was over the course of about half an hour and I think then it was the fifth or sixth time I got up to eight seconds and I opened my eyes and I was coming off the road um, right-hand side of the road, going for one of those plastic reflector poles, and if I just hit my brakes, I would have—I would have been fine. I would have just skidded eventually in my little tiny Corolla, 1992 Toyota Corolla that I was in. But instead, I hit the—I freaked, hit the brake, swerved, and then recorrected, and that's when yeah, it rolled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I opened my eyes. I cars upside down. I pulled myself out. Um, I didn't have any whiplash or anything, and at this point, I didn't pass out or anything, and this older couple who were 
probably, I don't know, a little bit further behind, far further behind because I didn't see them at all um, on this road. They pulled up and they're like, oh, look, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm fine. And the shock was setting in, like the, the that just that adrenaline shock. And they're like, oh, where are you, where are you, where are you coming from? And I'm like, looking left and right on this road. I'm like, look right. And I'm like, Geelong. I came from Geelong. Like, you're playing at Perth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm like, where are you going? And I'm like, Perth. I'm going to Perth. And they're like, okay, sit down. And I'm like sitting there and like, everything's just kind of processing, processing. And then my first, the minute that I'm just like, then this, I was overwhelmed by this pure sensation of just being alive and being, and that that's all that mattered. That just being alive was like almost the key to, to everything. It's just like, I'm here and that's, that's all that matters. And that, 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 that's enough right now. And then I got my phone and my first thing I started doing was taking pictures of this fucking wreck because that was my first instinct. I'm like, no one's going to believe that I did this. And then this older couple are picking up all of my shit that's scattered everywhere from the car. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, can you take a picture of me in front of my car? And they're like, what? And I'm like, there's a picture of me on my fucking... It's still on my Facebook now. It's like in front of my upside down Toyota Corolla like smiling like this like a fucking dope with two thumbs up looking at the camera like yeah so that's wow. the weird that's, that was ever since many many weird things have happened to me in Perth and that's um that's um but that that started the journey of strange at least on the way to Perth <laughs> that's uh you yeah it could have went very bad for you it could have but um that's a good advertisement for Toyota Corolla so they're Toyota, mate, they're built. Mate, like, they're fucking built like yeah. yeah can't destroy those cunts. Yeah, they um, I had a, I had a, I think it was a '74 Toyota Corolla. Loved it. Always and then a mate coming. I remember that mate said, "Can I borrow your car at a party? We're going to go get more piss." I went, "Yep," and I, I swear he drove it in a straight line to the pub. Because a comeback looking like it had been in like Vietnamese War or something like that. <laughs> it looked like it had been hit by an IED. <laughs> it did. It looked like one of those Iraq bombs that you see like off the side of the road. of a, You know, the ones that get hit by IEDs and they're just... Yeah. Oh, I was munted. Like, how, how did you... What? And there's a side. He goes, oh, no, I'll pay you back for it. He gave me $100. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for Corolla parts, mate, they're pretty cheap as well. I'm bloody, you know, back in the day. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Luke Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What What about um? So when you got over here to Perth, you, you obviously went off and you went to Whopper. And you, that would have been probably the start of the the friendship circle you started making. When did you get into? Because the stuff that you're playing, it's kind of, kind of very rocky, especially with the Silent Deeds and. Yeah. And, and hang on, what's the, there was a band after that, wasn't the, it? No, the Silent Deeds came after, but the Transnational Crash. That's when I first met you, you with when, those yeah. guys, yeah. Um, and, no, that's um, me and uh, a guy, Chris Gardner, started that back in, I think it was 2013. We, we I was living with a, with a girl he was um, seeing. And he was like, "Hey, you do music. I do music. I've got lots of riffs. Let's let's start a thing." And yeah, we started, and yeah, had a lot of fun. Yeah, trans. I'm just trying to think where I saw 
the transnational crash. We were first definitely time. on that sixty thirty thing, but I think, like I, because I remember we did performance sixty thirty, especially when we had the original lineup, because we did change members. Well, that was the that was the. This podcast actually is sponsored by the sixty thirty. They they throw a bit of uh, stuff our way occasionally, so I'll make sure you go out with either a t shirt or something. If there's one around here, Ooh. but um, that was the original spring it on that I put together for up to get something up this way. Yeah, and then it's we had one recently which went okay, but I think the next one will be okay too. It's it'll it'll slowly grow and grow and grow, but I think that's when I first met you was the transnational crash times. Yeah, yeah. And I first saw you perform. I don't know if I was in the deeds at that point. Actually, fuck, tell the shaman, Saint James Sirens, all these guys, Cavalier, Jesus Christ, yeah, so many bands, yeah, so many bands have been and gone. Yep. Okay, so uh, their Applebite's still about. Blackjack was when I was in. It's now not there. Black Parade's gone. Saint James. Ascending Fire. Falls gone. Yeah. Two for flinching still around. Fight the morning's gone. These winter nights. Goose still kicking on occasionally. Yeah. Mountains on Pluto, I don't think are around. Tell the Shaman are still doing stuff. I think. No, they're done. They're done. Yeah. St. James Sirens are still kicking. I think. Yeah. Big Jack, well, we only play over twice a year anyway. He's, you're talking about jazz. The Big Jack uh, is a band that I play in with Peter Anzillo and a few others, Mason Valos, out yep. of out of these winter nights. We're just all hand, like, sort of handpicked from other bands. We made a rule never to rehearse. We Pete and I, we built the music, made the music. Yeah. And we went, that's the music we play in a set. Don't ever worry about rehearsing. We get together just to play and we just base it around what we know that's on that thing so we can get creative with it come in with a different flavour on the day we don't know till we're playing it and it's unreal we love it wow so, man yeah. that would be exciting I think you've seen us play um, I think I have yeah I think it was at Rosemount you may have seen us play many down moons there ago yeah Enemy Minds I think they're not together anymore actually I think they might be Killmeister have, they just had a big blow up and they're not together I can't... Matt Cal, I think that might be. He's still around. <laughs> it's pretty hard when you're a soloist and you're not together anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's... Um, it's like, hey, I'm a soloist. All right. Is the band still together? No, no. We, <laughs> we split up. <laughs> I yeah. mentally became fractured. <laughs> yeah. So you're a bassist or you're a guitarist. Which, I'm a vocalist. Yeah. But you play actually. you play quite well as well, so... Um, I mean, my guitar skills are very underwhelming. Um, and even my bass skills are pretty fucking underwhelming. It was just the deeds. I played bass in the deeds because um, I was mates with uh, the the lead singer, and he was just like he wanted someone that was like that he was comfortable with in the band. And I auditioned for it, not owning a bass. Um, and he's like, you should just audition. I was like, I don't own a bass, like whatever. And like, just just do it. So I got um, the bass. I got. My bassist, uh, James Hume's bass in the uh, Transnational Crash, uh, which is a right-handed bass, and I auditioned for the band upside down and played all of the riffs and the bass notes upside, bass lines upside down, which is what I still do now when I play bass. I've got a bass that I've literally just I play it upside down because it's I'm a lefty. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, I'm, but I, I don't know, jack of all trades, master of none. But I'm a front man. Like, even playing bass in the band, I threw myself around like a front man anyway. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of front man being free, not tied mm-hmm. down by an instrument sometimes. I, and that's one of the things I'm getting... I've got to, I guess, put more practice in with King Proteus once we take it on stage because... Um, Is there only three of you in that band or four? There's four. Yep. Yeah, there's four. And I play a fair bit of guitar in it. Um, so it has required a lot of me because also um, the bassist, Dario Giratano, he's heavily into composing and so he'll compose a lot of it and he'll be like... He'd be like, I want you to do this on guitar, and I, which I invited him to do. He's like, I'm like, I want you to challenge me because I know that he can. Um, I'm like, I want you to challenge me with mu- musically speaking. So he'll give me like, he's like, I want you to do this odd guitar chord into this one. And I'm like, oh, okay. Not bar chords here, mate. So yeah, yeah. Um, that, and even with vocals and that kind of stuff, there's, he's always going, oh, go for like getting me to hit like certain notes over certain chords that um, challenge my ear a bit. So. Yep. Yeah, I quite. That's one of the things I also really enjoy about it is is pushing myself. Ah, cool. In that regard, yeah, I find that um, I, like I, I, it depends on what band and what I'm doing. If I can't find a guitarist, I'll play bass. If I can't find a bassist, I'll play guitar. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'll if I can't find a bassist, I'll sit on bass. Uh, uh, but I'm very. It sort of sucks because when we get a bassist in, I'm. I know I've usually a played bass or written all the songs, and in my head I've got these bass lines, and I guess even the drummer, like I, I can't, I find myself, no, 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 that's not how it goes, no, 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 and I've always been critical of people like that. I've played in bands where we've, we've had the front men and that just be telling people, no, no, this is the way it's got to be, and and then I'm starting to find myself do it lately, and I'm checking myself, just going, no, you got to let them, for people to be interested, you got to let them have that creative input, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, they're just, they're robots for you, and it's people aren't going to be into that, so. No, and that's, and that's the magic of when you bring people together, is, is letting them, uh, letting that flavor come in. I think, uh, otherwise, yeah, if, if you become too controlling, you, you restrict the music itself because music Absolutely. is something that you do um, that, that is done collectively um, unless you're one of those people that can play every fucking instrument and then you record it all and it's like yeah this is, this is me doing all of the things like yeah. that's more power to you and major respect because that's it requires an intense amount of artistry I do do it on some I've got a couple of solo albums out which I've done that but I just don't enjoy the process as much yeah I love the control because then it's exactly what I want to hear and I do a lot of bluegrass. I've got a bluegrass album out, country bluegrass, and it's um, it'll be kicky. Country bluegrass album out, and she's um, it's a different album, but I couldn't get players to play on it because they one they can can you name any good bluegrass players in Perth? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Nah, there's, the there's not a lot, man. you know. There's not a lot, so it was yeah. like easy just to do it myself. But yeah, it's full on. Yeah, that's really interesting. So. Um, well, I guess Trevor, we've got to uh, we've got to bring this beautiful conversation to an end. I've learned so much about you, my friend. Yeah, You're a very, uh, very multi-level, giant. deep kind of dude. Well, I wanted to get into conspiracy theories, but we're going to have to save that for a future podcast. I think sounds delightful. Man. And I'd love to hear a little bit more of the music as well. I was um, I was right into that. So for people at home and that that are into it, check it out. The King Proteus. King Proteus, yes. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. Facebook. Um, hopefully, we'll get a gig sometime soon. Probably yep. 
Yeah, if you're hearing this, hopefully offer us a gig. We'll we'll take it. We'll take a gig. Well, let's just we'll yeah. make one. The sixty thirty is always there if ever you need just to get it out of your system. Yeah, that's what I say to people. It's uh, it's a unique uh, venue. It's always good to get the music out of your system. So, uh, yeah, mate, um, awesome to have you here. Thanks for coming down. You've been a great guest. I've learned so much. And also, if anybody wants to be a guest on the uh, podcast, by all means. Come along now and spend some time here at the studio. We are going video. I'm trying to sort of keep up with the times of what everyone's doing these days, but uh, trying to make the podcast become a little bit more popular, a little bit more legit. You never know, we may end up with T-shirts eventually, but uh, make great chat. What's the, before we go, just uh, what's the plans? What's uh, Trav doing in the next few months? Where are you heading? What, um, any, any news, <clears throat> anything happening? Uh, the only thing I'm going to be heading deeper into is, is, um, myself, I would say, and, and learning and experiencing more about me on every level that I can. Do you meditate? Um, yeah, I do, I guess you could say. I've, I used to like do it strictly, but now my life has become pretty meditative. Yep. So I don't feel the need. So you've just relaxed. Yeah. You're just really relaxed. I feel into every moment as best as I can and, um follow the responses as they come up yeah awesome here well once again you're with uh travis brennan from now the king proteas ex transnational crash the transnational crash yeah. and silent deeds mate great chatting to you thanks Jai. welcome back anytime and uh Mate, we look forward to hearing your music a, a lot more. Actually, let's hear one more of your songs to take us out. Uh, one yeah. of the three. So we've got the one that wasn't about women. Now give me the one that's all about the this ladies. Is the, the one, ladies. This, this song is legitimately inspired. It's called Lion. And this song is... Uh, the woman who inspired this song also inspired the band name King Proteus. Um... She knows who she is. I think she's up this way, up south. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is a riff that came up because um, she brought out the lion in me. Interesting. Let's listen to the song. <laughs> All right. Chuck Brennan from the Transnational Crest, now the King Proteus. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Jai. Oh, this is yeah. Stax Podcast. Get your ass on it. Soon we've got coming up. Still trying to get the guy himself on it. We're looking forward to seeing soon. Hopefully, Mr. Rob Powderall, um, ex welterweight champion of Australia boxing and also held quite a few titles in kickboxing, so we're trying to get him in ASAP. Uh, but the next podcast coming up, I do believe, is Azza and... Uh, Azza and Swaney from the band Blindspot, who have got some new stuff coming out. So stay tuned. They're coming up next with some uh, punk stuff and maybe even a sneak preview of what's coming up with their, their new EP, which is about to be released. So uh, come on back down to Stacks Podcast. Once again, if you are a band and you want to get in and just talk shit or you just want to get something off your chest and have a good old yarn to us here at Stacks Podcast, we do have our website. Uh, sorry, we do have our Facebook page, Stacks with Jai Deegan, doc, uh, at Facebook. We also have a SoundCloud uh, account. You can go in there. We're on iTunes. We're on Podbean. We're on most uh, podcast uh, providers. So uh, make sure you do it. If not, jideg at hotmail.com or bluebone entertainment at outlook.com. Send us something and uh, we can get you in on the show. Promote your band. 
promote uh, what you do, promote your sport, whatever it is you're into. If you've got a story to tell, come on Stacks Podcast. Cheers, bro. Thanks, man. And we're out. Lions are mostly active at night, seldom during the day. The darkness its friend and foe to its prey. In hunger, the lion knows its true nature, wild, fearless, and dangerous. As appetite unleashes, so does the lion. Once the lion's prey is within its sights, escape is futile. These hunger pains growl and groan. Famished feeling, eating, feeding deep and down to my bone. Desire to feel the hold Emptier than December when I let the last one go Now a choir of desire begins to sing me Ever high passions burn into a fire And my eyes glow By light of full moon night Between dusk and dark, I move. My white side comes alive, I'm ready to strike with my appetite for you. Said, Yeah, you make a lion out of me. of affliction from the friction in our souls Your pleasure is what I stole Your affection was protection from connections I don't know Eat you harder than a cannibal Sexually we're flammable Becoming more like animals And we let go In anti-primal mold
Play the music! <laughs> 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 <laughs>